The Princess and the Goat Herd Once there was, and once there wasn't, in times long gone, when Allah's creatures were plentiful, and to talk too much was a sin, well, in those times there was a Padisha, who decided, of a sudden, to travel in disguise throughout his kingdom. Calling his servants, he had himself dressed as a merchant, and then he set off. He walked and walked, seeing little that was surprising, and nothing that was truly new. As he was turning home towards his palace, well satisfied with affairs in his broad land, he saw in the distance an old, old man. The old man sat at the edge of a stream, and, as he sat, he cut away at something in his hands. Wondering, the Padisha drew nearer to the old man. Scarcely moving, the white-bearded old fellow snipped away with his scissors, and then dropped whatever he had cut into the stream, and watched it as it was carried away by the water. Father, said the Padisha, I am curious. What is that that you are doing? I am cutting the fortunes of men, and I am throwing them into this stream, which carries them into the river of life, replied the old man, still intent upon what he was doing. The Padisha thought about this strange answer. Then, earnest to know what fate held in store for his beloved daughter, he made bold to ask, Look a little, if you will, into the future of my only child. Tell me, what do you see there? I have just this moment cut your daughter's fortune and sent it forth upon the stream, said the old man, seeing past the merchant's robe into the heart of the Padisha. And what is it? asked the Padisha eagerly. In answer, the old man pointed to a field on the steep hillside. Do you see that field? Well, the fate of your daughter lies with the young goat herd who pastures his flock in that field. Saying no more, the old man returned to his work. His only daughter to be the bride of a goat herd? Such a fate must never befall one so beautiful as she. That matter decided, the Padisha bent his steps towards the faraway field. At last, just before coming upon the young goat herd, the Padisha formed a plan. Good afternoon, my son, he said. I have long desired a fine flock of goats, but never have I seen likelier animals than yours. What should you say to selling them? To his surprise, the young goat herd chose not to sell his flock at all. But, pursued the Padisha, what if I were to offer you a thousand pieces of gold? Still the goat herd shook his head. Sire, he answered, even a thousand pieces of gold could not buy the worth of my fine goats. Concealing his annoyance, the Padisha continued. And if a thousand pieces of gold will not buy them, what would you say to a whole chest of gold pieces? The young goat herd considered the matter this way and that. Then, but sire, where is the chest? he asked. Ah, said the Padisha, you will have to go to the Padisha's palace for it. But, as the goat herd looked surprised, you will have no difficulty, for I myself am the Padisha, and I shall give you a letter to carry to my vizier. He will provide you with what you deserve. But my goats, began the young man, I shall stay here and tend your goats myself. After all, they will soon be my goats, and who would take better care of them than I? He prepared the letter for the goat herd, a simple note that read, Kill the bearer of this letter and be sure that this has been accomplished before my return. The goat herd, 
unable to read the letter, but certain of its importance, put it carefully in a little leather bag on a thong around his neck. Then he hurried off towards the palace. Uphill and down dale he went, on a journey greater than any he had travelled before, but at length he came in sight of the palace. The towers of the palace stood so tall and grand, and he felt so small and tired, that the young goatherd decided he would do well to rest before he approached the vizier with the Padisha's message. Choosing a shady spot near the public fountain directly across the road from the palace, the young man lay down and in three or five minutes was sound asleep. Meanwhile, the princess, for want of something more interesting to do, had been looking down on the street from her window. Seeing the young man, she felt somehow drawn to him. A stranger he was, but young and handsome. And what was that which he carried so carefully around his neck? Calling a servant, the princess said, Go at once to the olive tree nearest the public fountain. There you will find a young man asleep with a leather bag around his neck. Remove the bag very carefully so as not to awaken the young man and bring the bag to me. Hastening to do the princess's bidding, the servant was back in good time with the bag. On reading the letter, the princess was moved with pity, and she resolved that the young man should not die. Quickly, she wrote another letter. Wash and purify the bearer of this letter and marry him at once to my daughter. Be sure that this has been accomplished before my return. Then she sealed the letter with the royal seal, and placing it in the little leather bag, she had the servant return the bag to the neck of the sleeping goatherd. The goat herd, awaking at last, carried the letter to the vizier. Imagine the astonishment of the vizier on reading the message. But what could he do? One dared not question an order from the Padisha, and everything was therefore speedily accomplished as had been directed in the letter. Just as the flutes and the drums had begun to play, celebrating the wedding of the princess, the Padisha arrived dressed in his merchant's robe. He wanted to be sure that the vizier had taken proper care of the young goatherd. What is this? he asked a passing peasant. For whose wedding are the flutes and the drums being played? Oh, haven't you heard the news? It is the wedding of the Padisha's only daughter, the peasant replied. I have not seen the man, but it is said that he is young and handsome. A tremble with rage, the Padisha went at once to question his vizier. The vizier, reaching into the folds of his sash, brought forth the letter. Uh, here, sire, are the words which set those flutes to playing. It took but a moment for the Padisha to see in the changed message both the hand of his daughter and the prediction of the old man. He became even more determined to put an end to this unwanted son-in-law. But how? If the young man had been kept unaware of the deception, he would be willing to carry another letter. Summoning his daughter's husband, the Padisha greeted him quite as if he had planned the wedding all himself, and this young man, so recently a goat herd, fell readily into the trap prepared for him. Come, my son, said the Padisha gravely. You have performed so handsomely on your first errand that I have another letter to entrust to you. In the young man's hands was placed a letter to the candle-maker, addressed in a flowing Arabic script and richly decorated with the royal seal. Within the packet was nothing, no message at all, 
though the Padisha took care to tell him how important the contents were. Tomorrow morning before dawn, my son, you must deliver this directly to the candlemaker. This is perhaps the most important order ever delivered for the safety of the kingdom, and you, above all, should be most deeply concerned with it. Kissing the Padisha's hand, the young man promised that dawn would find him at the candlemaker's. Once the trusting young fellow had returned to his bride, the Padisha summoned his vizier. Since letters can be tampered with, you are to carry this most important message from mouth to ear, he directed. Go at once to the candlemaker, tell him that just before dawn tomorrow, a traitor to the throne will appear, a man determined to take the fate of this whole kingdom into his own hands. As soon as this traitor crosses the threshold, the candlemaker, without even looking to identify the man or to listen to his protests, is to throw him alive into the boiler. Remember, he is to act at the very moment the man enters the door. At once, the vizier left to carry out the Padisha's order. Well, before dawn the next morning, the young man arose and dressed. With special care, he placed the Padisha's message in the little leather bag around his neck. Just as he was slipping past the princess's bed, the bride awoke. In truth, the two already loved each other very much, and the princess was reluctant to spend even an hour apart from her sweetheart. By one means and another, she persuaded him to tell her of his errand, and she, no fool at all, feared the outcome of his visit to the candlemaker. Without a hint of her worry for his safety, she managed to keep him with her until the sun had appeared at the edge of the minaret. The young man, noticing the sun, bade her a hasty goodbye and set off for the candlemakers. But, as Allah would have it, someone had gone before him. For the Padisha, unable to conceal his impatience to learn if his order had indeed been carried out, had hurried to the candlemakers just before the first streak of dawn had touched the sky. At the very moment the door had opened, he had been seized by the candlemaker and thrown alive into the boiler. As the Padisha himself had said so often when disposing of a threat to his throne, he who digs a pit for his neighbour should dig it his own size. And there is much truth in that saying. As for the goat herd, he ascended to the throne as the husband of the dead Padisha's daughter, and the two lived happily for many years. May we have a share of their happiness. The End